How do you know you've made a disciple? You know you've made a disciple when your disciple makes a disciple. Everything about the way I live changes. Because no longer is my life about me. Be established in your faith. Be rooted. Be grounded so that you can grow into all that God has for you to be in Christ. Well, Randy, we now enter into phase two of our study and cultivate disciple making. And so critical. You know, I... I'm really convicted that the majority of Christians have never really learned how to, in a sense, feed themselves spiritually. You yeah. know? And, and so intimacy with God really is the highest calling of our life. I mean, if that component is not there... How do we determine His will for our life? How do we hear from Him? You know, how do we have a relationship with with God if there's no intimacy there? Right. You know, so I think phase two is so so important as we look at the question: How do I develop my relationship with Christ, and what is what does that look like? I I, I really see phase two as being so practical. I mean, our, our hope is really that we're going to put some tools, you know, in, in your pocket so mm-hmm. that um, you know you can. You, you can grow. I mean, you, you do know what it looks like to, um, you know, uh, have inductive Bible study and, and to really have a, a meaningful and consistent prayer life. But I think the key word in this entire phase is the word abide. Hmm. I mean, I, to me, abide is one of my favorite biblical words. And Honestly, it's one of the reasons why I still use the New King James Version a lot, because it's one of the few versions that still uses the word abide. But it's just such a tender word, a precious word, used by Jesus. As, and it's a word of invitation, but it's also a word of challenge. You know, So as we get into phase two, uh, we talk about... Uh, how do you strengthen your roots? You know, we talked back in phase one, the importance of establishing uh, yourself in your new identity, being established in faith, rooted in Christ. But how do you nourish those roots? You know, uh, an oak an oak tree will never really grow into all that God intends for it to be if its roots are not nourished, if it doesn't have the proper nutrients there in the soil uh, to enable it to be all that it can be. So I think in the same way for us as believers, um, we'll never truly grow all to be, to be what God wants us to be and God has called us to be if we don't nourish our roots. So to me, that's what phase two is all about, intimacy and abiding. Yeah, and, and that word abide is great. I think it's important to continue to remind everyone that's going through Cultivate Disciple Making at this point that, that we're still in the in the B section of mm-hmm. this. So, you know, you're, we're not to the what are we going to do for Christ, because that's where we all want to jump to. Yeah. You know, I mean, so many people in their life, it's like, I want to do, I want to do, uh, I want to do this, I need to be serving, and, and we agree, yeah. you know, with that. But but if you're trying to serve and you're trying to do things for Christ without having that identity established, without um, nourishing your roots, you're going to end up burning out. It's why we see so much Absolutely. burnout happening. It's why we see so many people that they're they're maybe here for a little while and then they're gone, you know, or they are they seeming like they take breaks. It's because they're they're trying to do things on an empty tank, right? You know, and right. so I know that as as preachers. That that our goal, my goal as a, as a preacher, is that I'm preaching from the overflow. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I 
trying to minister and trying to serve when your tank's running dry. Oh yeah, man, that is so hard. hard. And when you're trying to do it in your own strength and your yeah. own power, it's exhausting. Yeah, and I think of it like this: like we 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 are a, a well filled with living water. And if we're I've constantly, it, what now? <laughs> I said I've heard that vote for. Yeah. So if we're if we're if we're constantly uh, dipping in, giving other people water constantly, constantly, but not replenishing the supply, right. you know, of water, yeah. we're going to run dry. And yeah. so you know, our intimacy with God uh, through Christ is what's constantly replenishing you know, our water so that we don't get to that place of spiritual dryness. So, and I, I do think it has everything to do with abiding. So as we, we think about the word intimacy, intimacy and abiding are conjoined twins. You can't have one really without the other, you know? So I, when I think of the word intimacy, honestly, I think of a marriage context. Yeah. And so that goes right along with scripture because how many times do we see uh, in the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels, you know, our relationship with Christ as a marriage, that we are in a union with Him? Oh, well, I mean, you get to Ephesians and Paul's writing about, you know, the marriage, uh, you know, in the context of marriage and the Gospel. And I do think that's, I mean, there's a reason for that. I think our marriage, our, our, our earthly marriage is the clearest picture it is, of the yeah, gospel that we can absolutely. possibly have. Your husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave mm-hmm. himself for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so ultimately, you know, our marriage used to be that way. So it's no wonder that we think of marriage when we think of intimacy in our relationship with Christ. It is the ultimate illustration he gave. It is. And I mean, can, can you imagine entering into a, a union with your wife, but I, you, you, you never spend time with with her. Like mm-hmm. if I were to say to my wife, Lori, I love you, but I never spend time with her. I never communicate with her. I never get to know her. I like I don't pursue her. Yeah. Then do I really love her? Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And at some point if you keep coming back to her and you know after that and you say I love you, but yeah. then you keep going and then you come back I love you. It's empty at words. some point she's going to be like, "Do you really?" Yeah, right. You know, "Do you really love right. me like this?" Right. Like you say you do. So. Yeah, so I mean, we say, "Oh, man, I love God." But what's what's, you know, how do you exhibit that? I mean, what's So how are you growing in your intimacy with God? Right. Uh, so if you love and intimacy is this, I mean, they're together. Yeah, I think the other side of that too is imagine if 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 on the back of your bedroom door you had a piece of paper, a chart you know, that had all these uh, things for you to do for Lori. And after you you said, Lori, I love you, um, that you went over and you checked a box, you yeah, know, beside right. that, told Lori right. I love her today, yeah. right. you know, or... Or you 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 do the dishes, you know, serve Lori today, and you check that box. You know, I think we've got that kind of mentality sometimes, yeah. especially. I don't know. Maybe this is true across denominational lines, but if you grew up in the in the context of foil gold foil stars, you know, where if you you know if you showed <laughs> yeah. up in your Sunday school class and yeah. you did this, you know, if you read your Bible oh, yeah. every day, if you had an offering, if you brought a friend. I've you know, forgotten then, about the stars. You, then you get all those stars. I think sometimes we treat our relationship yeah. with Christ like we're trying to earn point. those stars. And at some point if if every time I told Susan I loved her, I went over to a checkbox yeah. and checked it, eventually she'd be like, is this like you know, yeah. I mean, is this really out of your heart, or is this out of some sort of sense of of duty that you yeah. feel like you have to do this? Right, like it's a performance based yeah, right, relationship, right, right. and you know, our, our our relationship with Jesus 
is simply based on the response of his love for us. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he first loved us and, and has exhibited that sacrificially. So how then can I not, you know, sacrificially love him? And so that's, it's based on, so, solely based on intimacy. So let's talk about that abiding in intimacy. In John chapter 15, of course, Jesus there, and Randy, in what I think is one of the most intimate scenes in the Gospels, mm-hmm. You know, there is Jesus on the night of his betrayal and arrest. Um, you know, he he's walking, he's walking through um, the, the you know the the uh, the vineyard there, and and he stops and he points there to the the vine and the branch, and he and he uses a teaching moment for his disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, to saying, "Hey guys, you know what? Some tough times are coming, but if you will remain with me." And, 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 and if, if, you will, if you will abide in me, I promise you this, and I can just picture him, you know, Randy, I can just picture him holding that branch in his hand, overflowing with fruit, saying to those guys, this is what your life's going to look like. Mm-hmm. But it all has to do with abiding. That word abide, uh, mino in Greek means to be fixed, to be stable, to be consistent, to remain. I mean, seriously, I mean, how many... How many how many people do we know, you know, have we experienced in our churches who really have a consistent walk with the Lord? So many, it seems like, just have a roller coaster relationship, you know, where they're, yeah. you know, they're really hot for Jesus, they're on fire for Jesus, and then, you know, they, you, you don't see them at church for a while or whatever. Yeah, I, I can say, you know, I, I'm not much of a counselor. Um, I, I, people ask me, do you counsel? And, and I do. I'm a really good listener, and I'm a deep well. Uh, so when people come to me, I'm like, look, I, this doesn't go any further. Um, but I know where the limitations of my counseling are. But I can say over the course of, of my ministry, when people come and they talk to me and they, and they are uh, going through tough times, uh, really in any area of their life, if I ask the question, you know, where are you in your relationship with Christ? If I'm talking to someone that really seems to be struggling, you know, in... in areas of their life that they don't even think of as spiritual. You know, it's just something else that's going on. Maybe it's with their marriage, maybe it's with children, money, you know, all these things. And I get to the point of where are you, you know, in your walk with Christ? Basically, how how are you abiding in Christ? Yeah. It's always silence mm-hmm. or it's well, you know, I know I'm not where I need to be. Right. It, yeah. Man, I mean, everything just flows. It flows from that. The abundant yeah. life flows out mm-hmm. of an abiding life. Out of the vine. Wow, I like the way. I'm going to write that down. The, yeah. ab- <laughs> the abundant life flows out of the abiding life. And at the same time, the life that's not abiding, it's no wonder that we, we you know, that that doesn't end up in with us having issues. Absolutely. And struggles. Oh, it's so true. And I, I agree. I mean, so many of our troubles does come from the lack of abiding. I mean, for example, so a branch does not bear fruit because it's a branch. Right. You know, the branch is connected to the vine, and without the vine, there really is no fruit. So um, you and I can't produce any spiritual fruit in our own. Like, right, we don't right. have the ability to do that. Um, I mean, the sermons that we preach on Sundays, it doesn't come from us. Right. You know, I mean, it comes from the vine. And the effectiveness we have as believers is going to come through the intimacy that we have in the abiding relationship w- with the vine. And the vine is Jesus. He said, I am the vine. Mm-hmm. My father is the vine dresser. You're the branch. And we have to understand 
in, inside that branch and vine is sap that's pull, being pulled from the, the, uh, you know, the nutrients in the soil that is coming through and making the fruit. And the reality is this, that, that's the Spirit's work in us. Yeah. You know, as yeah. we're connected to the vine, the Father's made all that possible as the vine dresser. Man, if, as we're connected and all that, we're, we're going to grow. Yeah. You know, I, I see that in, in this, these verses that we're talking about here. You know, there's really four um, levels of fruit here. There's no fruit. Yep. There's fruit. Yep. There's some fruit. There's much fruit. Right. We get into that in and and at what phase point four. you know do we in my own life have I've had areas where there's no fruit mm-hmm. you know times where there's no fruit are there other times where I've just kind of settled for fruit or even some fruit you know I want to live my life as I've hit fifty years old this past year and so have you mm. um, yeah thanks for reminding me <laughs> yeah, I'm falling apart by the yeah, way me too Jeez. yeah yeah two major surgeries since then. Um, Oh yeah, you're falling apart much I'm more than me. I'm falling apart much more yeah, than you. There's yeah, there's no absolutely doubt about that. for sure. Um, but man, at 50 years old, I, I want I want much fruit. Mm. You know, I think I'm becoming more and more aware of that as 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 I am in this second half of ministry here. Um, yeah, you know, at absolutely. one point when I turned 50, I thought somebody told me yeah, I was me at halftime, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, I mean, how many people do I know that live to be a hundred? Not right, many. I'm yeah. probably in the third quarter. Yeah, here. about midway to the and, third. Uh, and so, anyhow, yeah. but I mean, I'm really thinking about fruit and and, and not just settling for for fruit or even yeah. some fruit. You know, I want much fruit. I want fruit that's going to outlast me. Yeah, you're thinking about legacy in a yeah, sense. You know, what, what, what's the fruit that I'm leaving for others to to feast off? And of? what I'm reminded of is it all comes from our relationship with Him. It comes from abiding in the vine. It's not in and can I do something better. Uh, you know, as far as in in me, can I preach better sermons? Can I come up with a better program? You know, can I have more people? You know, all those things. It's mm-hmm. just about ultimately what Jesus said. It's about abiding in the vine. It's that it relationship is. and nurturing that relationship with Him. Yeah. And I'm thankful because I believe that that phase two of cultivate disciple making is giving people the tools to cultivate that relationship of abiding in Him. It's so important that those, those the guys that Jesus is talking to there in John 15, that they responded to that invitation to abide in me because Jesus says, without me, you can't do anything. And knowing what these guys are about to face, you know, I mean, Jesus is about to be brutally murdered, you know, the next day. And, I mean, their lives were completely shattered, and um, and then, of course, you know, in, in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, he ascends to heaven. He, of course, he leaves the, uh, the paraclete behind, you know, the Holy Spirit to minister. But yet, Jesus is challenging these guys. Hey, guys, I'm not going to be with you, you know, uh, in presence, right? But you have got to make a commitment to abide in intimacy with me if you're really going to see fruit that lasts. And if you don't, you're not going to be able to accomplish anything. And I just wonder, Randy, I just wonder, like in the book of Acts, when you see the disciples going out ministering and you know doing the things they were doing, you know they had to have that in their mind, right? I mean, Jesus saying to them, without me, you won't do anything without me. So, I mean, that's... That's really the challenge for us as well, yeah. you know, as yeah. we as we grow and as we bear fruit. Uh, you know, in the book here in um, the first session of Phase Two, I mentioned Andrew Murray's classic "Abiding in Christ, Abiding in Christ." And in the book, he talks about 
really two invitations that Jesus gives. The come to me invitation, which is an invitation of salvation. Now look, that's an important one. (laughs) And we all love that one. But uh, Murray makes the point in the book that a lot of Christians accept the come to me invitation, but they neglect the abide in me invitation. And that's a real mistake. We We have to understand that those invitations are both extremely important. And the perpetuity of our effectiveness in our relationship with Jesus Christ depends on how well we abide. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about it's not just about coming. It's about remaining, yeah. being consistent, and abiding with him. So important. Yeah, I agree. So how do you become more consistent in your intimacy with Jesus and enjoy an abiding day, daily relationship? Well, uh, the key is you've got to walk with him. You have got to spend time. You've got to get to know the one who has saved you. Well, how do you do all that? Well, we're going to talk about that in the, in the remaining sessions in phase two.